0: Hello there and welcome to Weight of Freight, a podcast series where we look at the intricate and powerful connections between freight and commodities. In this episode, we'll be focusing on the clean tanker market and we're lucky enough to be joined by Soren tovel Nielsen, Head of Chartering for the Norian Product Tanker Pool at Norden. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So today, we're going to be talking about the clean tanker market, which has certainly seen both extreme highs and extreme lows in the last couple of years, ranging from the storage-driven boom in the early 2020s to the lows that we've seen this summer. And wow, they have been some extreme lows. It's been a rough year so far, Soren.
1: It has indeed. Uh, It's been for uh, for for product tankers, I think, the worst year uh, I can remember the past uh, yeah the past 15 years. So it's been uh, nothing we've we've seen before uh, for Mm. for sure. It's been rough.
0: Yes, incredibly. (laughs) And especially in the MR market, we've noticed there's been um, sort of we've seen quite an increase of ton miles from Europe compared to 2020. But there still seems to be an awful lot of the pressure on rates. What do you feel has been driving the market down?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, despite the decent cross-Atlantic activity, uh, the rates, they have been under pressure by a steady flow of VLCCs and Suezmaxs carrying CPP into the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, so it goes back to uh, uh, the whole de-stalking and, and, and less demand scenario where the crude tankers, they have moved into uh, to the product space. Yeah. Uh, if we look at the LRs, then uh, it's probably 10% more coded LRs in the clean trade today. Uh, compared to before before covet so so it shows that a lot of these um, tankers usually in, in the crude segment ha- has moved over and, and cannibalizing there so all hmm. these vessels uh they especially disrupted the u.s golf market uh and consequently obviously intensified the uh, MRS to stay in uh, to stay in europe uh further to that most of the year uh, the far east market has been uh, under tremendous pressure as well um, so, so there has been no real uh, escape out of uh, out of the European market. Mm. Um, so, so, so that's been the major uh, issue this year on on the MRS at least.
0: Yeah, and we've seen um, we've seen VLs carrying products um, from the Eastbound as well, especially if it's their first cargo when they've come out of the yard. Um, A lot of that has uh, added pressure in the first quarter of the year, and I suppose a lot of those ships will also be coming out in the fourth quarter of this year and the first quarter of next year. Do you see that? Sort of maintaining pressure on the market.
1: Yeah, we 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 believe it will still uh, there will still be pressure on the market uh, for the rest of the year uh, for sure. Obviously, uh, the West Africa has been a pretty important important factor for the MRs in, in Europe, and we simply haven't seen a lot of those moves because uh, it's been supplied uh, on the bigger vessels from the East instead. Um, mm. So, before we see a real improvement there in the MR space, uh, the, the crude space has to improve. Um, for, for us to avoid these uh, ships coming out of of, of yard taking clean products uh, west instead.
0: Yeah, the crude market has been under quite a bit of pressure as well. I know that OPEC recently it's uh, pegged this year's demand at about 96.6 million barrels a day, which is about six million under last year. Yeah, and so it's hoping for about 3.3, I believe, um, going up into next year. So at least we're seeing. Um, a potential increase there in crude, mm. but it doesn't—it doesn't quite seem to be increasing fast enough to to generate the the, the volume product volumes.
1: No, and the, and I think the product the problem there has probably uh, been in the east. I think in the west, looking at demand, uh, it's 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 not all the way back from pre-COVID, but I mean we're we're getting fairly close. Mm. Uh, so so that's not the problem. I think the problem is that the supply is lagging behind. So even though you might have the demand, then everything has been taken from 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 the stocking that went on early in 2020, uh, and the destocking is only now coming back to to, to pre 2019 levels, um, and and that's basically what what we I guess have to wait patiently for is uh, that the stocks are so low, so we will start to to see these uh, cargos going into the spot market again.
0: Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in Europe some of the refinery runs have started to pick up. You know, they were very low, sort of. You know march april may june um but definitely in july it picked up to sort of 9.2 million barrels a day i think was the last that we saw it's still under that sort of 2020 level which averaged about 10 and a half million um so it's still it's still under those figures but it is pushing up and yeah so we're seeing a lot of products on the water
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's not the problem. Uh, we've seen, uh, I, I think, th- at the moment there are just as many MRS on the water uh, than there's been before. Had it been a normal year, and I know there's a lot of uh, inefficiencies here due to COVID, but had it been a normal year, you know, it would have been a, a decent, uh, a decent market for in, in the product space and for the MRS. But the problem is just that there's so many uh, bigger vessels going into this segment um cannibalizing uh yeah. and then we are we are talking about we almost back to pre-covid levels but we also have to remember that probably the fleet increased by six or seven percent since then so mm. we need to go even higher
0: right and how significant has the uh the lack of jet fuel been as a cargo um is that had it, has that been a big loss for the tanker market
1: yeah, uh, it, it has, especially in in, in the beginning of, of of the pandemic, where we we saw the demand for jet fuel uh, disappearing almost completely uh, anywhere in the world. We are seeing, especially uh, the U.S. coming back there, uh, and uh, and have seen an uptick in uh, in jet jet across the Pacific. Um, so so that will help the tanker market uh, for for sure. That is slowly coming back. Um, but that that's been a major disruption, especially in the beginning.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned the um, the surplus of new ships that we've seen being built. The the order book's been coming down. Do you think that'll mean the the fleet will tighten in the future?
1: In the future, uh, yes. But I mean, we, we still have the next couple of years with, uh, I think it's 6% uh, coming. So we still have... It, it, it's not a disaster, but we still have a, a quite big amount of, of tankers hitting the market here the next couple of years. Uh, but going forward, looking further ahead, then uh, obviously the, the art space has been taking over now from, uh, from containers and dry cargoes, and, and it's, it's, it will probably be more difficult to find new builds uh, in the future, putting uh, pressure on the market. And then we have to remember the tanker market is a very old market, um, mm. so, so there will be a natural uh, amount of scrapping coming uh, as well. Uh, we've seen that pick up the last couple of months. Also, uh, if you look at the amount of, of vessels,
0: yeah, the handy size market in particular is quite old, isn't it? And we've seen the, uh, as you mentioned, we've seen the MRs going in and cannibalising the handies. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and that, do you do you think that's a trend that's going to continue? Uh,
1: I I think so. And and uh, we, we talked about the MRs have had a difficult year, but then we haven't talked about the handies yet because the handies yeah. has, has had a, a terrible year. Uh, And and obviously there's been not a lot of escape for for the handies trading, especially in in the European markets. Um, And in a low market like this, uh, then the LRs has been cannibalising on the MRs, and the MRs uh, has has cannibalised on the handies, and uh, the handies have had really nowhere to go. Um, Mm. So so that it's been a a problem for for the handies. And um, on the other hand, though, uh, as you mentioned, it is an old market, but there's nothing new coming into the market um so a very limited amount of hand is being built uh, so so there's there's, there's no additions uh, so as such it, it, it probably remain as an interesting niche market at least also in the future yeah yeah, I mean it's it's a trend that we've definitely noticed in the last
0: two or three weeks. You know, almost every MRs that's booked on a a transatlantic journey from the UK continent to to the US is also including a, a cross UK continent or if it's coming yes. out of the Mediterranean a cross Mediterranean option. Um, so charters uh, are having that option to use them for handy sized cargos instead, and I guess that's that's even further eating into the into the into the rates and and adding to the pressure that we've seen.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, that there are two reasons for it. Obviously, in a in a in a market where uh, the owners they are under pressure, uh, the charters they can demand more options uh, and, and will get it. And then mm-hmm. you're probably also seeing now that most owners probably don't mind going short, uh, since we are, you know, reaching year-end or closer to that at least um, and also sending ships transatlantic right now you're you're really going into another market uh which is depressed so um so
0: yeah. it's not
1: a disaster to stay short
0: yeah, the um, the pressure on the transatlantic market, the UK continent to US market, has, has been enormous. We've seen US gasoline demand actually really push up this summer. Yes. And, you know, the EIA forecasted as as, as one of the biggest uh, summers for several years. But we've really not seen that reflected in the transatlantic um, freight no, market.
1: No, uh, I, I think there should have been uh, there has been a decent activity, actually, and also a decent amount of vessels going transatlantic. Mm. Uh, we we have seen stock draws as well, and um, I, I think the problem now is there's a limit to how much Europe can can export, yeah. uh, and and that's uh, that's the next problem. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so so that that's a natural cap on that. But 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 as I mentioned before, then then cargo on the water has been uh, at fairly normal levels.
0: Um, mm. Yeah, the only times that we've really sort of seen a buoyant movement is when there's been some sort of disruption to U.S. supply as well. Those storms yeah. back in. Um, Back in the early part of the year, that that shut down production in the Gulf, and we saw a massive spike in handy size rates and uh, MR rates, sorry. So it feels like, you know, it almost requires those disruptions to U.S. supply to get enough product moving to to push things up.
1: Yeah, but but on the other hand, in the tanker space, the disruptions does not have to be that significant to have a pretty significant impact on the rates.
0: Right. And how about to West Africa? Uh, we mentioned before that a lot of the VLCCs are going into there. Uh, yeah. We've also seen some improvements to the infrastructure there, lowering the turnaround time. Is yeah. that also helping to open open up the European fleet a bit more? Uh,
1: it, it's, it's been uh, definitely a part of the problem with the MRs uh, that west africa has has not been that supplied from europe as as has been the usual uh it's been it's been supplied by by big ships coming from the east obviously uh minimizing the demand for for mrs on these routes um and we have seen in the past uh vessels sit down there for a long time obviously uh adding to the inefficiency in that segment and, and obviously that that's not assisting at the moment
0: yeah yeah, exactly. And that so the ships can return up to Europe a lot quicker, and then you just end up with more and more spot vessels sitting yeah. off there, and 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 just limiting the volatility in the in the freight rates. I think that's been yeah. the from our perspective anyway. That's been one of the biggest trends we've seen is just volatility has been reduced to almost nothing. Would you yeah. agree?
1: Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been very flat, uh, and we haven't really seen any any spikes for the past uh, any significant spikes in the past twelve months. And I, I think it's short term. It's a natural consequence of, you know, all segments and tankers having issues at the moment and cannibalizing on, on the smaller segments. And we just we, we always see in these uh, low markets that volatility is just disappearing uh, in, on, the, on the physical side.
0: Yeah. And how have you how have you been addressing that as Norton? Um, have you been sort of focusing more on the period
1: deals, the the longer term deals? It's been a bit of combination. Uh, after the big short-lived boom in tanker rates in the spring uh, 2020, we we had an idea that that there were there were to be a hangover after the party, and uh, we we knew that the market uh, would go into to troubled water. Uh, at the time, we probably caught by surprise how long the hangover has been. Uh, but we went into the, the low freight market here with, I think, a record amount of, of physical cover. So time sharded uh, a fairly big amount of, of the fleet out. So that has been sort of the longer term uh, strategy to, um, to, to avoid uh, or at least stop the bleeding. Um, and then on the shorter term. Then uh, we have used uh, freight forwards as a, as a tool, uh, especially on on looking yeah one two three months ahead.
0: Mm. Yeah. So uh, on the dry cargo side, for example, there's a, usually quite a lot of cover on the the one year or two year deals. Do you find that the liquidity is there in the tanker market for those longer deals at the
1: moment? uh not it's in not in the that, forward
0: market i mean sorry. yeah
1: yeah in the forward market it's not been that liquid uh the, the, it's one of the there are a couple of issues with with the with the ffa's on uh, on tankers uh especially in the mr segment there are only certain routes available so mm-hmm. for us it means uh, in the atlantic we use uh, we, we trade ffa's uh, on the route from europe to uh, to the u.s east coast and then from the u.s gulf back to europe uh, and uh, as we've seen, especially the U.S. Gulf back to Europe is probably has not been that busy on the physical market. Uh, so when we can only hedge on those routes in the Atlantic, it has a certain amount of basis risk uh, on, on our trade. Uh, and on top of that, uh, liquidity has improved on the FFA's, but there's still limited liquidity. So uh, we, we use it short term to uh, to hedge our physical exposure. Uh, when we can, uh, but we can only do it on the routes uh, significantly linked to, to to those to those routes we we trade. Um, the same on the hand is uh, we can we can use uh, the freight forwards a little bit in the, in the clean cross met trade uh, where where we also use it as a hedging tool. But it's we, the problem is we can't really trade indexes. So talking about taking cover out in time one year ahead, for example then uh, the vast majority of uh, the liquidity is in the Atlantic Basin and we can't take the worldwide cover we, we would like. So, so on the, on the longer term deals, we prefer to take the cover on the physical side instead of fixing the tip, uh, vessel out on Time Charter.
0: Right. And you mentioned you fixed a lot of these ones on Time Charter at the beginning of 2020. So I guess some of those have been coming back to you now as the, as the deals expire.
1: Yeah, they're starting to come back here end of the year and, uh, and the beginning of the next year. Uh, we have, I think, um, in, in the Tango Operator, which is uh, the book de- dealing with, with vessels up to two years and on the time chart. Uh, I think when we reach June next year, there's probably one left. Uh, and otherwise, the book is fairly open. Uh, for, for next year. Uh, I guess talking into the strategy also, which, which most owners at least see that we are starting to see the recovery now. And then I think most people, they, they start to at least have a brighter view on, on the future. So, I mean, as
0: we discussed sort of the, the crude is, the crude is pushing up and we're seeing the refineries pushing up. So with the way that the market is at the moment, do you think that you'll look to put those ships out on the longer term cover again, or will you, you, you perhaps keep them on the shorter spot deals?
1: Yeah, at the moment, we, we've looked a little bit the other way, actually, and taking advantage uh, that we can trade the ships in the spot market uh, and use the, the low spot market uh, as a tool to uh, to increase our exposure going forward. So we've been busy taking ships in on Time Charter for, for especially 12 plus 12 month deals uh, with, with our with flexibility on the back end, um, so so we've decreased our TC out uh, activity and focused on increasing the fleet instead lately.
0: Right, I guess that's the great benefit of being an operator. You're very, you can change your fleet very quickly. You must be very flexible.
1: Yes, uh, especially on, on the time shadowed feet we we have we we are fairly agile, and, uh, and it, it is always uh, difficult or more difficult on tankers to adjust the book. But I think uh, what we developed is uh, is a very a, a variety of tools, both on paper and spot and time shadow, we can adjust the book fairly quickly uh, if we want. Mm. And
0: have you had to? Um... Have you had to focus particularly on, on newer ships for that sort of deal? Because we've seen a lot of environmental regulations that have come in and, you know, a lot of customers yeah. are wanting more green ships and I guess a lot of those are the more modern ones. Is that yeah. some, an area you're focusing on?
1: We are we, we we're looking at it. The, the, it's developing into a two-tier market where we've seen, uh, for example, uh, eco-ships or scrubber ships demanding a bigger and bigger premium uh, over conventional uh, tankers. Um, and at the moment, it, it is... Uh, we have to look at what fits into our program, so it's bit, a bit of everything. We've, we've taken modern and, uh, and also non-modern tunnels that fits into our trades. Um, so, um, so we are we are very aware about it, uh, and I think in the future that gap will increase between uh, eco and non-eco. Um, so, so I think the awareness will definitely increase. We are already seeing it, as you mentioned now. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's one of the big areas um, moving forward for the tanker market, isn't it? Because we sort of we've got through that IMO 2020 uh, situation where we had to switch from 3.5% sulfur fuel to the 0.5%. And now we're looking at uh, IMO 2030 and, of course, IMO 2050, which is which is where we're looking at looking to um be completely carbon neutral and we're you know having to look at fuels that to a certain extent don't even exist yet. I know that um, yeah. methanol is one that's being explored yes. and it yeah it's 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 going to be very challenging moving forward I think. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It 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 will be um so the the the, the next couple of years ahead is probably not that the headache at the moment where operators and owners have to find out what they want to do. It it's it's further ahead uh, really where 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 the the industry has to figure out what will uh, what's going to absolutely. happen. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. So looking at everything, looking at the um, sort of the cannibalization that we've seen, but the gradual increase in, in crude volumes, how do you think rates are going to evolve over the next six months? At the moment, a lot of the MRs, for example, they're well below operating costs. I know yes. on the uh, Transatlantic, the for example, it's yeah. less than 2000 or even less than $1,000 a day.
1: So how do you see that evolving? So we still have a couple of difficult months in, in front of us um as I mentioned before then uh, the, the while the, the crude demand is, is slowly coming back then uh, the supply is still is still lagging behind so we really need to see uh, the 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 crude market uh, rectify before we see a significant change uh, on the mrs that being said we are seeing uh, the crude market behaving a little bit better and we believe when we are through the next couple of months uh then we are we are in the beginning of uh, of the, re- the recovery in the in the mr and, and handy space or the clean space in general um so we believe short or uh, next year will be significantly better than this year and then uh, even better out in, in 2023 um so uh, we are at the worst and we are hopefully also all the worst I would say mm. yes exactly so
0: hopefully we'll see it pushing through this month and rates will get back above operating costs because it's yes. ship owners operating below operating costs for an extended period of time. Uh, it can often lead to things like consolidation uh, in the industry. Uh, we haven't seen too much of a sign yet, but I guess that could be something moving forward as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we've seen, uh, obviously the last we saw, uh, we were part uh, took some of those ships over, it was it was Diamond S and International Seaways, so they are. they there are consolidation uh, going on, but uh, mm. it is a challenging market uh, to make anything happen right now.
0: Um, exactly. Yes, no, but as it, uh, it as always, the clean market remains the a very interesting market to be a part of. I think.
1: Yes. Um, I Fancy. would say, and also if um, yeah, looking further ahead, also I guess uh, some of all those modern refineries coming online in in the, in the Far East. Uh, will also or should have a positive impact uh, in our space at least um, when uh, when they're being being made further or further away from the the crude production, right?
0: Yeah, a lot more ton miles it'll lead to certainly both for the crude and I guess for the uh, clean tankers as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I think we're we're we still waiting to to see that uh, really kick through to to the MR uh, to the MR segment. Uh, But but that is another another positive uh, for the market, uh, as ton miles will definitely increase uh, on that account. Fascinating. Excellent. Well, um,
0: thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been fascinating to talk to you and get your insights into the clean tanker market and your outlook for the second half of 2021 and beyond. It certainly sounds like we're uh, we're in the eye of the storm right now. And uh, it looks like moving forward, we'll see rates ticking higher again and perhaps less of the cannibalization that, that's been a trend so true yes. of this year. Yes, certainly. Excellent. So. If you'd like to find out more about the clean tanker freight market, you should check out Argus Freight, which includes news, analysis, and prices from the industry. You can also visit the way to freight content space, where we publish regular blogs, webinars, and podcasts about the freight market. And head to argusmedia.com and the Argus blog to find out more about our extensive coverage of global commodities, including gasoline, jet, and of course, crude oil. Um, Thank you very much for joining us today, Soren. It's been a fascinating conversation and I'll let you continue with the rest of your day.
1: Thank you very much, John, and enjoy the rest of your day as well.